Let's get back to the action on the Keystone Kickoff Show. Brought to you by the Keystone Sports Network. Get the best Penn State sports news and analysis at KeystoneSportsNetwork.com or download the Keystone Sports app from your smartphone. And welcome back to the Keystone Kickoff Show. I'm Jim Galante along with Dustin Hawkinsmith. Dustin, one little tidbit we didn't hit on uh, is that there was some announcement of game times and our game, where we're going to go see Penn State-Auburn, game time was announced. It's going to be 3.30 on CBS. I think we were all guessing that would be the case. I'm alluding to the game where Dustin and I are going to be going in partnership with Collegiate Athletic Travel and Keystone Sports Network. We're offering you the opportunity to travel to Auburn for that game, a charter flight. You stay at the team hotel, transport to and from the game. Dustin and I are both really looking forward to it, and we would love to have you join us. It's going to be a great time now that we know the game time, 3.30. That's kind of perfect. Flying down on Friday, have time Saturday to get to the venue, have the tailgate party, enjoy the game, and then fly back on Sunday. So if you want more information, go to athletictravel.com or call 800-788-4414 for all the details. It'll be a great time. Dustin, we were kind of wrapping up our conversation about name image likeness and the transfer portal and everything going on with it. And it's reached the point where these co-ops, whatever that the different universities are organizing, are throwing money at these players for the acquisition of talent. It's my feeling that dust will settle in a while after, you know, Tennessee spent apparently spent millions of dollars to draw this quarterback in. We've all seen it. Four or five-star quarterbacks don't always pan out. What happens then? Are they going to go right back and spend millions again? I'm not sure that's going to happen or if the dust will settle. But the one point you were making about the NCAA, how would they enforce anything and they're, they just got their butt kicked by the Supreme Court. They're going to be fearful to implement anything. Might we end up with the federal government maybe stepping in and enacting something on a, a, a federal level? I don't think anything is is out of the realm of possibility here. And, you know, it's such a unique situation because it's easy to forget, but these are uh, institutions of higher learning a lot of times state-funded institutions of higher learning. You, you, you do have a lot of openings here to, you know, sanctify the process. And we all know the government does an outstanding job with it. Whatever they get their hands on, they tend to make the, all the right decisions. We do know that. So the, we, that, that's relieving. Uh, but, yeah, I, I think um, the NCAA has proven, you know, not very uh, – apt at these things. And you do have, uh, we didn't really make a note of this, but Mark Emmership, Emmer, the leadership um, position is going to change at the NCAA. Maybe somebody who's a little bit better positioned to be flexible and acclimate to this environment. Um, I would hope that will probably be high on the list. So maybe, but you know, the NCAA is going to have to be very cautious, as you mentioned, about overreaching, about uh, regulating, you know, a, a market, 
uh, it's going to get complicated. And I do tend to think that they're not going to be able to make swift, big decisions on behalf of this wide open market. Now they're going to have to install little by little, I think, um, things that hopefully can make the situation a little cleaner, uh, a little easier to, to maybe, you know, not incentivize, um, all these blank checks being thrown around. Um, but I do think the way things are now, if they stay, if they stay this way, if you're Tennessee, and I'm not, I'm not picking on Tennessee, I'm just using them as a as an example. You spend five million dollars, or somebody close to your program spends five million to bring a quarterback in. The quarterback doesn't pan out. You better believe there's another five million dollar check chasing the previous five million dollar check. Because in the grand scheme of things, getting the right quarterback. Uh, is worth so much more than than $5 million um, with with how much it can transform uh, a program. So I I don't know that the money, well, is ever going to really go dry. You have some pretty... Uh, some people who are close to these programs with bottomless pockets, who if they if that's what they want to do with their money is try to make that program better and try to get big time players. I mean, there's not really a lot out there to stop them. Um, they're they're going to lose some money on investments. They're gonna they're gonna make some good things happen with investments. Um, so I think you, you the risk is kind of built in um, along with the rewards there. Well, my only uh, thought is, how does the NCAA control a group? that has no official connection to the university. So when that happens, how could they police it where if the federal government, and yes, I know, they have 100,000 different things that are more important than college football. But if they stepped in and said, hey, that's a no-no, and you know, there's potential prison time for doing it, Maybe that's an incentive to, to not be throwing so much money at the high school kids. All right, Dustin, let's shift gears a little bit because there is more going on in college football than just name, image, and likeness and transfer portal. And one little item, it appears to be a small change in the rules, but it really has big ramifications. The NCAA had a rule that if you had 12 teams and wanted a championship game, you had to split into two divisions and have the two division winners play for the conference champion. They've rescinded that rule, meaning the uh, conference could set up any way they want and decide who would play in that championship game. Sounds like a small item. In fact, it seems to make sense. Hey, have two divisions and have the two division winners play. That's logical, right? What What is the effect, though, of this rule change? I mean, I, I, I struggle to find anything really negative with it necessarily. I mean, what, what you see, especially at the Big Ten level, is that there's a fundamental flaw in how the divisions are, are drawn up. And unless you're willing to take that on um, and, and fix that on an ongoing basis, because, you know, I think you could have – power kind of shift around there could be potential for that dynamic to change um then you get rid of that you get rid of one opportunity for the administrative people in a conference to draw up crappy divisions and i think the big 10 divisions were pretty crappy divisions where you're not getting the second best team uh in position to play for a championship a lot of times you're getting the fourth best team and so why not eliminate that i do think it is um you know, another measure, you know, in the big picture 
uh, you're seeing teams uh, position themselves to to better be represented in a college football playoff scenario that that expands. So it'll be interesting to monitor how things shift around in preparation for that, uh, to, to make sure that they're doing everything in their power to put their best teams in position to compete for a playoff spot. The Pac-12 has already said they're going to do that right away. Other conferences like the Big Ten, they've kind of shelved their uh, schedules from for 23 and beyond. I believe one of the models for how to do this, the ACC has the same as the Big Ten, uh, 14 teams. They say they're going to a, what they call a 3-5-5 model. You have three rivals that you play every year, and then the 10 other teams are split 5-5. Five and five. You'll play the 1-5 one, one year, the other five the following year. What do you think the Big Ten's going to do? Because that would entail going from nine conference games to eight. And for some reason, the Big Ten doesn't seem to like that idea. Well, if, if the side effect here is that you end up standardizing how many conference games everybody plays, that's probably a good thing. And, and I don't really know the, the basis for which they are so insistent on maintaining nine conference games versus eight that everybody else does. Um, if that's if that's a side effect, I'm okay with that. You know, the, the Big Ten's kind of forced into um, playing ball the same way. At least everybody's on similar ground when it comes to drawing up their schedules. Uh, I thought I saw I saw something towards the tail end of last week that the Big Ten could opt to protect two rivalry games. I mean, if that's if that ends up being the case, um, we talked last week a little bit about who Penn State's protected rivals would be, uh, how you go about making sure that you get some of those other primo games. Um, so we'll see what happens, but. Uh, you, you know, I, I think you have to have some kind of philosophy behind what you're trying to get done. And, uh, for the big 10, you know, I, I like the three, five, five thing. At least it's, 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 uh, you know, a formula. It's something that, that is concrete that, you know, what, what's coming and, and, and who you're playing. So I, I think it, this is maybe the biggest variable of all this is how you go about scheduling now that you have, you have to consider not just your, your division games, but everybody in the league is fair game. Um, so I think, you know, it feels like everybody's going to arrive at something kind of comparable, don't you think? I think so, and I do like that 3-5-5, and I do like eight conference games and more freedom to schedule. We talked about this before, you know, that alliance with the Pac-12 and the ACC. Hey, give me that extra game and make give me some interesting games with those other conferences. But I think the other question that comes up, Dustin, when doing this and reserving whether it's two or three rivals, some people, the knee-jerk reaction is, oh, if you're Penn State, Michigan, Michigan State, and Ohio State, your rivals are those other three teams. And you'll end up right where you were with those teams playing each other, knocking each other off. You've got to balance that uh, those games of interest with also being fair with your scheduling. You can't have one team play all the top teams and somebody else get away with playing Illinois and Indiana every year. Yeah, you need to find balance with this. So that's why, you know, I, I saw um, 
uh, Scott Docterman from the um, the Athletic put out you know a little chart that said you know rival games that must be protected that sh- that deserve consideration and then like a third category, and he had Ohio State Penn State as a must protect game, and you know I I think that that's that I I, I see that case being made, but if if Ohio State surely is going to start with a protected game against Michigan, is it really fair to them? To have, you know, the second and third best teams, you know, look looking over the course of the past decade or so, the second or third best teams in the Big Ten on their schedule every single year. I don't think the Penn State game has to be protected if they're truly seeking balance for how they go about this. I don't know if Penn State, Ohio State can be a given, you know, with, with Ohio State, you know, being fixed with Michigan. And this is, you know, it's going to kind of renew those those talks about Penn State not really having a true rival. Well, my real quick take on it is the Big Ten, you know, you know they will keep Michigan-Ohio State because you have to, Dustin. I say match up Penn State with Michigan State then and let Penn State alternate every other year with Michigan and Ohio State. That creates balance for Penn State and for those teams also. Uh, But if you give the Big Ten an opportunity to screw it up, they will take advantage of that opportunity. That is it for quarter number three. We got more to go. Stick around for quarter number four. This is Jen from Collegiate Athletic Travel. We've been offering travel to the biggest Penn State games for over 50 years. This fall, we continue that tradition in partnership with Keystone Sports Network with a trip to the Penn State Auburn game. Join us for charter flight, staying at the team hotel, transportation to and from the game, and even a great tailgate party at the stadium are included. For more information, go to athletictravel.com or call 1-800-788-4414. See you there. What defines the special spirit of Penn State? Why Penn State by author Greg Woodman looks to Happy Valley in the 1980s for answers. Featuring rare photos, original essays, and exclusive interviews with Coach Paterno, this beautiful 256-page full-color hardback edition explores the why behind We Are. It's chicken soup for the Nittany Lion's soul and makes the perfect gift for any Penn Stater in your life, including you. Order today at whypennstate.com. 